For those looking to improve their business skills fast, this is the Engineering and Leadership Podcast. Welcome to Episode 2 of the Engineering and Leadership Podcast, where engineering, management, and leadership come together to help engineers like you go from good to great. Head on over to engineeringandleadership.com slash get started for a free course on becoming an engineering leader. In today's episode, you'll learn about the two main career paths engineers can take and which one is best for you. Today's episode is brought to you by the number E and by lynda.com, the world's greatest digital course library. If you'd like to learn anything at all from career strategies to coding to construction to project management, Linda has it. If you'd like a 10-day free trial and to be able to get access to almost 4,000 courses, just head over to engineeringandleadership.com slash Linda. That's L-Y-N-D-A. My dear friends, welcome to episode two of the Engineering and Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Sweet, and it's fantastic that you're here with me today. You look great, by the way. I'm really glad you came by. Um, Listen, if this is the first time you hear the podcast, welcome. This is only the second episode, so you haven't actually missed all that much. Um, This podcast is about helping engineers go from good to great. I focus on, on the business side of engineering, and I talk about things like management, like leadership, and productivity, and I always make sure that I cover those topics as it pertains to engineers. So if this sounds interesting to you, that's fantastic. And I think you found the right place. That being the case, why don't you grab a seat, uh, pull up your favorite warm caffeinated beverage and lean in because we've got a lot to talk about today. Today, I want to talk about career paths for engineers. I've had, uh, I've had careers on my mind quite a bit lately because one of the biggest questions I get from my students in the engineering leadership course that I give is, what should I do with my life? <laughs> no, no big deal, right? It's, it's just a little small question. Um, you know, it's reasonable to, to be asking that. People stress about their careers. They care about um, all the time, money, and effort that they're, they're investing into it. They want to make sure that they're making the right choices. And... To me, when I think about this question, when I talk to engineers about what they should do, there's, there's a major fork in the road that I see engineers hit somewhere at the, the five to 10 year mark of their career. And most engineers, unfortunately, don't, don't decide which road they want to take when they hit that fork. It just kind of happens. And I, I think that's a major mistake that, that engineers should avoid. And to me, that, that fork in the road is the decision to move into management or to stay technical. First, I'd like to talk about the guru path. This is basically making the decision to become a a specialist in your field. This is an excellent path for many engineers. If you're the kind of person who loves knowing everything about a certain topic, who who loves to tinker, who gets great satisfaction out of design, this could be the choice for you. If you love teaching others and sharing your knowledge, this is a great path to take. Now, My dad is a perfect example of someone who became a guru. He's a programmer with decades of experience. He loves writing code. He loves talking about the design process. He loves solving problems, and he loves having deep knowledge in his field. Now, 
Dad's an interesting case because he's also covered management roles during like temporary vacancies, mat leaves, that kind of thing. And he learned a couple things. He learned that he's a capable manager and he's a natural leader, but he hated it. He, he couldn't stand being a manager and he just wasn't, he wasn't anywhere near as motivated by organizing people and dealing with people problems as he was writing code and solving technical problems. So if you recognize yourself in this, then maybe the guru path is for you. Plus, you, you get to call yourself a guru, which is pretty sweet. Now, a couple of points to ponder before we move on. Choosing the, this path is not the same as deciding not to be a manager. When you, when you get to that fork in the road, you can decide not to go down the management path, but you still have to actively choose to go down the technical specialist path. When you get to that fork in the road where you have to decide whether to go into management or to become a specialist, you still have to actively decide to become a specialist. You can't just decide not to become a manager because otherwise you just sit at that fork in the road and you go nowhere. You tread water in perpetuity. Becoming a guru takes a lot of work. Now, you do have the advantage of already having a technical background to springboard from, but it's still going to take a lot of additional effort in terms of, of bulking up that technical knowledge, uh, in terms of the training, education, and experience that you're going to have to build. One potential downside of becoming a technical specialist is that you need to be careful about how narrow that expertise is. Uh, if you choose too narrow a field, that field can become obsolete, or maybe your company goes under and only so many other groups are looking for a specialist in your field. So, that's something that you have to be aware of when you decide to become a specialist. Another potential downside is that staying on the technical route can sometimes be less lucrative. Now, I want to be very careful about what I say here. I'm not saying don't become a specialist because you won't make money, okay? And more importantly, you shouldn't be making major career decisions primarily for money reasons. Yeah, you need to pay the bills for sure, but money can't be the only factor and it can't be the most important factor. That's for sure. All I'm trying to point out here is that there are a few companies that are starting to recognize the value and importance of having engineers stay on an engineering path, but from my perspective, they're few and far between and many companies still kind of have a glass ceiling for engineers in terms of, of salary. So that, that's something to be aware of. What I'd recommend is when you're choosing a path to look at companies and look for companies that have parallel paths for both management and engineers. And, you know, uh, one company that I can think of in particular, manager level salaries are the same as engineering expert level salaries and director level salaries are the same as engineering fellow salaries. There, there's, there's these parallel paths that you can take. So be aware of that if this is the path that you choose. Now I'd like to speak a little bit to the idea of the management path for an engineer. I read a number of years ago that about half of Canada's top CEOs were actually engineers, which totally blew my mind. I would have thought that CEOs would come from business backgrounds, from finance backgrounds, but, but honestly a majority had engineering backgrounds. But when you stop and think about it, Engineers are, at their core, problem solvers and people who love intricate systems. And business is the perfect outlet for those skills. Beyond that, engineers often create the products and services that a company sells in the first place. So it kind of makes sense to me that engineers would get into business. Management, then, 
makes sense as an alternative path to becoming some technical specialist for an engineer in their career. If you're someone who enjoys organizing and scheduling things, who likes business, who loves working with people, and even loves dealing with the challenges that come along with people, and if you're someone who feels like you need to be able to see the bigger picture, then management might be the right path for you. There's there's lots of good that comes with becoming a manager. Often, managers actually end up earning more than engineers. Like I said, it, it depends on your company, but for many, management salaries tend to be higher. And again, I'll caution you that this shouldn't be the only motivator for you to get into management. Um, that would be a terrible life decision if you just chose jobs based on their salary and salary alone, but it is something of a nice thing. Another big benefit is that management skills tend to be very portable. So what you learn in a management role in one company or in one industry, you would likely find would be very portable into other companies and other industries. So you don't have that same risk that a technical specialist would that a certain technology become obsolete. What I like most about management is, for me, being able to zoom out on a given project or a given team or a given endeavor and see the bigger picture and see... Uh, the forest for the trees, so to speak. That's that's the level that I like working at. I like being able to see the uh, the overall application of the technical work that is being done. There are also downsides to management that you should be aware of as well. As an engineer, you probably don't have the skills or the training right away to become a manager. You might have a lot of experience. You might have a lot of knowledge. You might really know your industry really well. But being a great engineer doesn't mean you're going to make a great manager. If you do want to get into management, you're going to need to bump up those skills. You're going to need to take courses. You're going to need to build that experience. And that's okay. That's fine. And and you may be the kind of person who will thrive in a management role, but being good at engineering doesn't mean you're going to be a good manager. And, And that's really important Uh, to bear in mind. And it's something that a lot of engineers forget. And it's something that a lot of companies forget too. Companies like to promote their best managers into management, hoping that all of a sudden all their engineers will be just like that manager. And that it just doesn't work out like that. Another problem with respect to management is that it can be very, very stressful. Um, I know a lot of managers who have more than what they can handle on their plate. They work long hours. They're expected to be reachable at a moment's notice. They've got 300 emails coming in a day. When you work in a, in a global business or an international business, that problem can be even worse because maybe you're managing people remotely in different time zones or working on projects, um, as I have in the past, in time zones on the opposite side of the planet. It can be, it can be very, very difficult to stay on top of everything. This isn't necessarily the case um, that managers are overworked and, and crazy all the time. And, and really good companies will actively protect their staff and their management from burning the candle at both ends, but it still happens. And it's something that you should be aware of. I've worked with a couple of engineers who would have been very capable managers um, and who would have had the opportunity to move into management, but weren't interested in that kind of a role because of the long hours, because of the stress, because of the travel involved. Um, And I think that's a perfectly valid position to take. Just like taking any job, you need to think um, about how that job will affect the lifestyle you want to live. Both management and technical specialist gigs could involve lots of travel. And that might not work for you. Maybe that's exactly what you're looking for. You know, there was a time in my life when I was a young single guy, I would have very gladly 
travel the world at a moment's notice. That would have been fantastic. But but I'm a dad now, and I'm a homeowner, and I'm a husband, and I have a dog. And there's all these things that I prioritize now that I didn't before. Okay, so you need to you need to take that into consideration before you take on any gig, no matter what path you choose. Another pitfall that I see in management is that people just tend to fall into it. Now, this is kind of a problem because a lot of engineers who become managers that that I've worked with over the years became managers just because there was nowhere else for them to go up the ladder, so to speak. They become managers because that was the next promotion. It's not because they wanted to be a manager. It's not because they had any of the skills to become managers. Quite frankly, they they were bad managers because they didn't really want to be there. They just wanted the bigger paycheck, the the higher prestige, whatever the case may be. But listen, I, I can't say it enough. Being a good engineer doesn't mean you're going to be good at management or even like management. And that's not good or bad. It's just the way it is. Engineering and management are two related skill sets, but different skill sets. Engineers I think should be making a conscious choice to move into management if that is in fact what they want to do. It's also important for me to to point out here that not all management gigs are created equal. There's a couple big categories of management that engineers tend to get into, um, and those are people management, project management, and product management. I don't have the time to to dig into all of these three things in this episode, and maybe that's something I should I should do in a, a subsequent episode. But someone who wants to be a product manager may not have any interest in becoming a people manager, for example. So even if you do decide you want to be a manager, you should really be aware of the different kinds of management there are and how those roles are practiced in a given company before diving in. If you look at me, I'm an interesting example of an engineer who had to make that call, who arrived at that fork in the road and made the decision to to go into management as opposed to becoming a technical specialist. It took me a very long time to decide what route I wanted to take. I worked in a lot of different technical areas. I had worked in building design and energy management and utilities and finally in the rail industry. Um, and there was a long time where I thought I wanted to be an energy management guy. Okay, I went and I got my uh, lead accredited professional designation. I was looking into master's programs for engineering management. That, that was really what I was passionate about for a long time. And what I ended up finding is that I kept getting roles that involved me organizing things and people and leading people. Uh, when I was in consulting, I ended up leading a lot of uh, proposals um, and the effort that that all gets tied into putting a proposal together. In energy management, I ended up leading a lot of funding applications. When I made it to the rail industry, I was made uh, design team leads and I got into project management. So all these things, and, and what I found is I really, I enjoyed the organizational stuff. I enjoyed people. I enjoyed the business side of what the engineering was trying to support. So for me, I kind of, I saw the light. I realized, you know, this is really where I'm happiest and this is really what I'm most interested in. Uh, so I made that decision. I decided, okay, well, I'm going to go down the management path. I signed myself up for uh, for an MBA program and I've been working on that for, for a while now. I'm, I'm very, very close to being done, which is, which is excellent. Um, and I got a role in product management. So even just starting that MBA program and demonstrating a commitment 
into moving into that kind of uh, professional area helped me get uh, a management role. And, and I really, really enjoy product management. And this, this is an area of management um, that I think engineers should, uh, should really consider. A lot of engineers get into project management, which is a, a fantastic field, but product management is pretty cool because it's a neat mix of technical, business, and project management. Basically, what a product manager does is they, they take ownership for a company's product and they help develop it. So they, they decide you know, what R&D needs to happen in order to develop a product so they they get into the technical stuff but they also have to look at the market they have to understand what are people actually looking for in a given product and does our product deliver what that market wants it, it, it's really cool and I, if anyone has any questions about product management hit me up in the in the show notes go to uh engineering and slash episode two and leave a comment at, at the bottom and let me know because I, I i love talking about this stuff Again, this isn't for everyone, but it's definitely for me. That was the path that I chose. And some of my closest friends think I'm crazy and they would never want my job. And they love being, like I said, the guru uh, of the group in a given technology. And for me, I look at them, I think that's amazing that that's what you're doing, but it's not for me. And, and both paths are valid and both paths can be incredibly fulfilling as long as they fit you, your skills, your aspirations, and and your needs. I'm really hoping that having this discussion with you can help you to understand the the pros and cons for each path and help you make the choice that's best for you um, so that you can pursue the best career. Well, this is the part of the show where I read your mail, your comments, your tweets and messages, and answer your questions. I promise to read everything you send me, and I may even share your note on the podcast here. And if I choose yours as the comment or question of the week, I will send you a highly fashionable engineering leadership t-shirt, which is 100% cotton and guaranteed to help you engineer harder. This week's comments come from, well, there's one from Alex Schaefer, who left a comment on a post about what leaders should care about. And this post reminded him of a couple sayings that uh, he picked up in the army. There were two sayings uh, that he shared with me. One is mission, men, and me. And the second is mission first, soldiers always, which I thought were really cool sayings with respect to consolidating what I had written in that post. The whole post was about what leaders uh, should care about. When they wake up in the morning, what are they thinking about? Are they thinking about themselves, their teams, their company, or the company's mission? And I'd, I'd really, I'd highly encourage you to go check out that post uh, to see what what I suggested was was most important. And from Alex's comment, I think I think he agrees with what I said. There was another comment from Kath, uh, who's got a really cool blog at practicalcookie.blogspot.com. Kath is an engineer from South Africa, so I definitely recommend you check that out. She left a comment on, uh, on my engineer's guide to running effective meetings, saying that she has a client who runs meetings almost exactly as I've described it in the guide, and she absolutely loves it. She said, these are really great tips, so simple to implement but all extremely effective. Thanks for sharing. Kath, you are very welcome. Uh, thank you for leaving the comment. And Sean Thielen 
I hope you're saying your last name right, Sean, uh, sent me a really good question last week that I want to share with you. He asked if I had any tips or advice for choosing an engineering major and how to distinguish yourself before going into industry. Now, I think this is a really cool question because Sean still isn't in university. He's getting ready to, to enter engineering school. He thinks he wants to become an engineer. And, and I think this is amazing that he's asking this question because he's thinking about his future uh, at a point in his career where he still has lots of time, lots of room to pivot and make important decisions. It's anything but too late for Sean, right? This is, this is the time you need to be thinking about, you know, how do I choose a major and how do I distinguish myself so that once I get out into university, I'm uh, a star candidate for, for positions that I'm interested in. One of the things that I told Sean to do is do your research now. You have to start with the end in mind. And this is advice that I gave my brother recently. My brother is in the middle of doing a degree in stats and he's trying to decide, you know, how does he want to tailor his degree so that when he gets out into industry, he can get a good job. And he doesn't know if he wants to be an actuary or get into bioinformatics or maybe something else. And, and what I always tell people, this is what I told him, you have to start with the end in mind. Go research the actual jobs that are being posted today. Go see what employers are actually looking for in terms of experience, in terms of a degree, in terms of extracurriculars. Um, there's a couple really good websites that you can do uh, to check this kind of thing out. onetonline.org is a really cool job for researching, uh, rather, a really cool website for researching all the different kinds of careers that there even are out there and their outlooks for the future. Does it look promising uh, that a certain career will be in high demand or low demand, whatever the case may be? And another great website I recommend to everyone is payscale.com, which helps you research the salaries that people have based on their career, based on their experience, where they live, what their degree is. You can learn an incredible amount about the different jobs that there are out there. And, and this is something I, I thought uh, my brother and Sean should do, and I, I recommended that. One of the other things I suggested Sean do is try and do co-op placements and try and choose a university program with co-op. There's absolutely nothing like experience to show you what a job is really like. You know, I know personally, I, I, had, I had one image of what engineering was going to be like when I was in school, and it's not at all what the reality of a career in engineering is. And again, that's not good or bad, but, but it's certainly different. And if you don't get that experience early on, especially through co-op, you may, you may be blindsided a little bit uh, with respect to not knowing what you're really getting yourself into. Another thing I suggested to Sean was that he do extracurriculars. Personally, I'd hire a, a B student with experience on design teams, sports, student government, um, or who had a, a part-time job while they were doing school over an A student who did nothing but school any day. Maybe maybe other people would treat that a little bit differently, but personally, I, I really value someone who spent time de developing themselves holistically. In general, for Sean and for anyone at this stage in their careers, now's the time to experiment. Go try things out. You know, um, Sean in particular was, was trying to decide, does he want to be a coder? He, he really likes technology. He likes software. But he also thinks the idea of running a company would be cool. So, you know, and, and, and this fits perfectly with the podcast today. Um, again, I don't think the two need to be mutually exclusive, but they're they're very different skill sets. One, one can complement the other. But I think you need to, to go try some things out 
uh, before you make the call as to, to which, which path you want to take. So since Sean is thinking ahead and asking absolutely the right questions at the right time in his career, I'm giving him the question of the week. And Sean, I'll be in touch with you very shortly to get you your t-shirt. In this part of the show, I'll share with you some kind of tool or resource that I use uh, and I find super helpful in my own engineering career and that I think you might find helpful in your quest to become an engineering leader. Today's resource is lynda.com. Lynda is basically a digital library with thousands, literally thousands of video courses. You can learn anything. There, there are technical courses on things like CAD, GIS, data analysis, construction, and there's also a lot of business courses and professional development courses too. So there's project management, people management, finance, career development. Like I said, with, with almost 4,000 courses, there's really quite literally something for everyone. And it's pretty cheap too. It's cheaper than buying a book a month. Um, and all the courses are taught by experts. So if you're the kind of person who likes video, who likes learning, this is this is very much something I recommend you check out. I've been a member there for, oh, heck, I, I don't know, years now. Um, and there's always something interesting there to learn. And they're always coming out with new courses. So if you'd like to give it a shot, just head on over to engineeringandleadership.com slash Linda. And Linda is L-Y. NDA. You can get a free 10-day trial, so you can go check it out, do as many courses as you like. Again, I highly recommend it. So that's engineeringandleadership.com slash Linda, L-Y-N-D-A. That's all the time we have for the show today. If you enjoyed the show, it would be fantastic if you could leave a review on iTunes for me. I, I, I don't care if it's a good review or a bad review. All the feedback I get will help me make this uh, this podcast better so so please do head on over to itunes if you have any ideas or thoughts on how to make this show better please let me know just head on over to engineeringandleadership.com slash episode two and leave a comment don't forget to head on over to engineeringandleadership.com slash get started for a course on becoming an engineering leader that you can get absolutely free and tune in next week when we discuss why you need to love your job until then take care and we'll talk again soon. You rock with it.